Hi guys, welcome back. Um, today we'll be reading some more chapters for you. We're going to do chapter 11, 12, and 13 from True Sort Of by Katherine Hannigan. Sunday morning early, Brood was heading into town to practice. In real life, he had his basketball under one arm and he was riding his bike down the river road. But in his head, Brud wasn't on a bike at all. In his head, he was already at the park, playing ball. He was shooting from the inside, the outside, and every shot was a swish. In his head, Brud was playing like nothing nobody'd ever seen, only better. And today, Brud didn't just see it in his head, he was hearing it too. There was the thump, thump, thump of a ball bouncing, the clang of it against the rim. For the first time ever, Brud's vision had a soundtrack. By the time he got to the bridge, though, the thumps and clangs had almost disappeared. Hey, he said, like somebody messed with his movie. He stopped his bike, but the thumps and clangs kept coming from behind him. So Brud rode back out back out the river road. The sounds got louder as he came to the old Hennepin place. He set his bike and ball in the ditch, and between trees he saw it. At the end of the drive was a boy, a pale skinny one. He had short hair like Brud's. He wore a Laker shirt like the one Brud had at home, and he was running dribbling a ball between his legs and behind his back like it was nothing. Then he jumped and sent the ball to the hoop. Swish! It made the sound of perfection. It was Brud's vision without Brud. Now, some people seeing somebody steal their vision might get mad. Not Brud Kinney. Maybe if I watched this boy, he thought, I could learn to play like that too. That got him so excited, his mouth whistled. Whee-wee! The whistle stopped the boy. Brud slapped his hand over his mouth. Shh, shoot, he mumbled and ducked behind the brush. The boy held the ball tight to him. His scared eyes searched along the bushes. Now, some people, after almost getting caught, might hightail it out of there. Or they might say, hey, I was watching you. Want to play? Not Brud. He loved basketball too much to leave, and he didn't want to ruin it with trying to talk. Don't st- 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 stop, he whispered. Finally, the boy got back to playing. Yes, he breathed. But that wasn't enough for Brud. I need to get closer, he decided. So he snuck behind trees and bushes till he was across from the boy. He peeked between branches. Don't mess me up again, his head told his mouth, and he watched. Up close, the boy was even better. He could dribble backward, forward, and zigzagging. He could shoot from inside, outside, and everywhere in between. Brud was taking it in. In his head, he talked to himself like a teacher. Look how he holds the ball. Look how low he goes before he jumps. His head was so busy teaching, it didn't notice what the rest of him was up to. Because Brud's body was already trying it out. When the boy dribbled down the drive, Brud's hands pushed an invisible ball. When the boy crouched with the ball over his head, Brud's knees bent. And when the boy sprang into the air, Brud did too. He came crashing through the bushes with his arms over his head. He landed in front of the boy. They stared at each other for a second. The boy's eyes were filled with fear. 
He turned, ready to run. Brud knew what to do. He had to tell the boy fast. Hey, I'm Brud. I was just watching you play. You're good. As the boy sprinted to the stoop, Brud took a deep breath. Hey, he hollered. I'm b b b Now the boy was at the door. Please work just this once. Brud begged, begged his mouth. His jaw jerked, his lips opened wide, then he yelled, Hey, I'm but the door slammed. The boy was gone. Now, some people, after scaring somebody like that, might go to the door and explain things, but at the door, Brud still be saying but and some people, Brud's head said, after seeing a stranger jump out of the bushes, might call the police. Shoot! He stammered and sped down the drive. As Brud rode into River Bluffs, his head cussed his mouth. You're always messing me up. You wrecked it, and there's nothing to show for it. But he was wrong about that, because when Brud got to the park and started playing, he was better. He could feel it in the way he dribbled the ball. He could see it, the way the ball went to the basket. You're playing real good today, Brud. Gwenny told him. He didn't try to say S -s thanks. Danny Novella watched him squinty-eyed suspicious. Think you're going pro or something, he sneered. Brud just shrugged. That night, Brud Kenny lay in his bed with the moon shining in his window. He thought about the boy dribbling and jumping and shooting like that. He thought about playing at the park and how sweet the swish of the net sounded. Then Brud Kenny smiled. The two teeth twinkled in the moonlight like stars. Chapter 12 Deli spent Sunday on the front porch staying in one spot like Clarice had suggested. She sat on the steps spinning her head so she wouldn't miss anything. All the while her mouth was mumbling, come on, come on, come on, even when she ate her meals. After lunch, Arby sat down beside her. What are you doing? Waiting. Come on for my present. Come on, she answered. Arby thought for a minute, are you grounded for fighting with Gal? With her head twirling like that, it was hard to tell if she was nodding. Dell? She stopped for a second. We moved around too much yesterday, she explained. I'm staying here so this their present can find me. Oh, Arby watched her head whirl for a while, but it wasn't any fun. I'm going, he told her. Without Deli, though, there wasn't much to do. He threw rocks at the side of the house till Clarice yelled, Who's hitting my house? He was picking up worms with a stick when the idea came to him. I'll bring it to her, he breathed. Deli, is this your present? He said as he stuck a half-eaten candy bar in her face. Deli waited for the tingle to tell. Nope she told him and went back to mumbling after a while he returned is this it it was tallahassee's trick quarter no she sighed he found it under the back porch he covered it with a cloth and carried it to her dilly 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 he was bouncing on the step and singing her head quit swinging what about this he pulled the cloth away and there it was a squirrel carcass there was no fur on it just dark skin stretched over bones with the tail still sticking out deli sucked in air so she whistled ah ball gram squirrel mummy she whispered she touched the skin with her finger well is it is it is it arby grinned Deli closed her eyes and wished for the tingle, because that squirrel was as good as any surprise she ever got. She waited and waited, but nothing happened. When she opened her eyes, she didn't say anything. R.B. covered it up again. I'll save it for you, he said. You go play with Cletus, she rasped, because it hurt watching him lose his hope, too. 
You sure? He asked. Her head twirled. All the way to Cletus's, R.B. chanted, Come on! Come on! Come on! It was dark when Clarice came to get her. Deli, time for bed, she called. Come on! Can't! Come on! She replied. If she got up, the hope would go for good. Clarice sat beside her. Deli, she said softly. I know you want a sir present, but you don't need one. You got good all around you. She put her hands out like she was holding it for, for her. Deli shook her head hard because she knew about the good all around her. She needed to know there was good in her. She needed something in the world to say, Deli Pattinson, you're not just trouble. Here's a present to prove it. Ma, I'm... She tried to tell her, but there wasn't a word for feeling so sad and close to hopeless. Tired, she sighed and got up off the step. Good night, Deli, Clarice told her. Night, she said, because that's all it was. Chapter 13 That night, Deli didn't get us her present. Sleep brought her something, though, because in the morning she came downstairs with a smirk. Walking to school, Arby asked her. You okay? Oh, yeah, she sneered, because I got good all around me. Who needs us a present with all this good around me? She went in. She went on kicking the sidewalk. No more waiting and hoping for me, R.B. I'm going to grab the good around me. She swiped the air. R.B. just watched her. At the school entrance, Deli held the door. Go on, she told him. So she did. Or so he did, sorry. When he got to his classroom, R.B. turned to tell his sister see ya but there was no sister to be seen no he gasped and headed for the door till miss niederbaum nabbed him your room's this way she said and sneered back sneered him back from his desk rb stared out the window oh deli he whispered weekday mornings norma at the iga made donuts she made vanilla glaze with nuts maple glaze with coconut chocolate with chocolate icing and chocolate sprinkles those days the air around the iga smelled so good you'd want to eat it deli peeked to make sure norma wasn't at the checkout then headed straight for the donut case mm Mmm, she greeted them. She grabbed a sack and filled it with a dozen delicious delights. Vern Teeter rang her up at the register. You having a party? Something like that, Deli smirked. Better hurry, he warned her, or you'll be late for school. Oh, I will, she promised. She ran out of the IGA and raced to the river. It wasn't two minutes till she was sitting under the River Road Bridge, deciding which donut to devour first triple chocolate she declared ma's right she said as she snatched it out of the sack i don't need a sir present i got a deli present with deli presents there'd be no more waiting no worrying if she was good enough perfect terrific she proclaimed with the river rolling by and the sun shining on her she raised the donut in the air good all around me she grinned and took a bite good in me too she said spitting chocolate chunks clayton fitch was on his way to the iga when delhi dashed by him it wasn't a minute till he was on the phone to officer tibbets marina he squawked that pattinson's running to the riv officer tibbets hung up before he could finish delhi wouldn't be celebrating alone it wasn't three minutes till the policewoman had parked the cruiser by the bridge. There was half a donut hanging out of Deli's mouth when she ordered, Drop it, Delaware! 
What the club? Deli muttered, and the donut plopped to the ground. Officer Tibbet seized the bag. You won't need these where you're going. She grabbed the girl's arm. Deli was too stunned to struggle. The policewoman led her to the cruiser. She put her in back behind the bars, but it was perfect terrific, Deli mumbled as they drove to school with the siren screaming. <laughs>